Welcome back to another episode of the Faith Walk Podcast with Pastor Steve and Dominique Young. We are excited that this month of February, we're getting to share so many testimonies of business owners across the nation. Today, we are going to hear more about the story of Omar and Kimberly Finley and their journey of starting the listening tree. Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Steve. And Pastor Dominique. And we are so excited to be on our, I don't know what number, of the Faith Walk podcast. I'm so excited. Woohoo! It's been a little while since we've been here, so I'm excited to be back. I know, and I'm really excited to be starting this series, which is on entrepreneurs. I know a lot of people, a lot of listeners have asked. um, They want to hear more entrepreneurs and their testimonies and stories, so I'm excited about the guests that we have on the line. Um, These individuals, uh, Kim and Omar, I kind of met Kim online on Facebook and heard a little (laughs) bit about her story, and I'm like, we have to have them talk. We have to hear their story. All right. Yeah, so I think this is going to be, uh, I'm going to be listening in too because I've actually never heard the full story. I just know the little bit I did here was amazing. So, Kim and Omar, how are you guys doing? Awesome. We are wonderful. Thank you for having us on. We're Absolutely. We're very excited about talking with you. Yay. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, I know that, you know, our, our listeners don't want to hear Steve and I. So we're going to go ahead and toss it directly over to you guys. As you can tell us a little bit about your story. Tell us about what you do um, and how, how it happened, how it all happened. Okay, well, um, I guess I'll kick it off. Uh, we are Omar and Kimberly Finley, and we cool. met at Hampton University about, whew, Maybe 12, 13 years ago? Maybe 14 years ago. (laughs) It was a while ago. And we met there, and um, we started off as friends, and then it, you know, led into something else. And now 11 years of marriage and three children in, a couple of businesses in, (laughs) and here we are today. Yeah, we we met. We really met on the note of entrepreneurship. Right. Uh, we, 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 We liked each other initially. Online, uh, uh, on campus, we but then we kind of broke off, and then I started a business uh, my junior year that I was I was introducing to pretty much all of Hampton's camp- campus at the time, and uh, and I sat down with Kim and showed her what I was doing, and she got excited. And really, to be honest with you, we've been we've been pretty tight ever since, and that was about 14 years ago. Yeah. And so we uh, married in uh, May of 2005, and we have three beautiful children. We have a nine-year-old, seven-year-old, and a four-year-old, two boys and a girl. Girl being the youngest. And um, uh, right now, as far as career-wise, I am in talent management and talent acquisition, and I work for a local government. Mm -hmm. And what about you? So for me, I got my degree in electrical engineering, and... uh, I worked in the industry, I guess, about 13 years, and lots of lots of great, great jobs I had. I worked in aerospace. Uh, I designed bottles. I built tractors. Um, I built uh, electrical vehicles. But the whole time I was there, as I told you, I started a business in my junior year. I was never satisfied with the job world, so I had a lot of issues day to day. Uh, dealing with that because I've always been entrepreneurial in just about everything I did. So, um, in, in truth, once I uh, um, that, that's what I've been doing. And so, 
up till today, uh, we're doing our, our business now is the listening tree. And I guess we, our story is pretty long, so I guess we're looking for a place to start. Well, I'll start it. Um, back in uh, 2000, well, when, my, when our eldest child was in school, he um, was at a private Christian school, and um, they were, of course, learning the word, and uh, it was a very good school. But as far as images were concerned, um, he would come home and say, well, Mommy, you know, look at you know, this as far as Jesus, and look at this and look at this, and did he really look like this? Is, is, is this true? And, you know, uh, we didn't want to give him anything too heavy at first, but, you know, we just um, went to the Word and, uh, you know, explained to him that this is what the Word says. This is the way Jesus looked. And from there, you know, we took it upon ourselves. We said, you know what, if our child is having questions about, you know, self-image and uh, historically, you know, correct information as far as uh, who we worship as Savior, you know, I wonder if other children are having this same question. And so we took it upon ourselves to write a book. And we wrote a book called A World of Our Own, The Beginning. And we wrote that in 2013. And yeah. basically, let's, let's, pause. let's pause there, right? Right, Because what, what you're saying is powerful because we had really, really been, been in the Word really strong at that point. And there was a lot that we were realizing, but the main thing was that the main thing was that we were digging into the word and realizing the geography and the, the and the and the uh, uh, I guess the ethnicity of the people that we were reading about were completely opposite of what we had been seeing our whole life, and so and so that really that really really took hold and took root with us because we wanted to make sure that our children got the right picture. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, yep, and so we uh, wrote a book, A World of Our Own, The Beginning, and we self-published that book, and it's about the first seven days of creation. And uh, basically from God all the way up to um, Adam and Eve, it's a, a what we consider a, a, a correct representation of what um, God and what Jesus and, excuse me, Adam and Eve look like. And it's a, a direct reflection of what our children look like. And so we wrote that book. We self-published that book. And, you know, we weren't satisfied. It was, you know, we would go to Barnes & Noble and, you know, see books. And our children never saw a great reflection or they really, it was rare for them to see a, 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 a great reflection of themselves in any type of book. Mm-hmm. If they did see themselves, it was, you know, kind of a sidekick or something like that. And so... Omar and I, we were talking one night, and we both looked at each other, and we just said, hey, what if we created a bookstore that was centered around Mm. African-American children? Mm. What if, in a perfect world, they would walk in and see books that look like them? And that was the beginning of Listening Tree. Um, My brother, he owned a, uh, a hair salon. Yeah. Now, now before before we before we before we dig in there, I wanna I wanna wrap back when we were talking about the uh, a world of our own in the beginning because we wrote that book and it really really touched. Like we started doing uh, we started vending and mm-hmm. we started we started to go to different churches and different yeah, things. Yeah. And to be honest with you, that book really took off. Uh, yeah. We sold you know within within forty five days we had made our money back plus some um, five hundred copies. Uh, we had, we did five hundred copies and we did five hundred again. 
and then we did the last one was 100. Yeah, but what um, that did was show us that there was a, a market for right. it. You know, people were hungry for this. If our children needed this or wanted this, there are children that looked like our children that right. needed this as well. Right, and so, so, so what we really saw, and I will, I'll even say the real issue was that we, we continued to write books but we realized we couldn't publish them as fast as we wanted to get them out to the public. Right. And so, and so in doing that, that, that was what brought on that conversation that Kim was talking about where we said, you know what, we need to do something about this issue. So we identified that our community, we really don't have a place where we can just go and see books for us, mm-hmm. right? And so we can go to a few places. There are a few, there are a few black bookstores they have they got some children's books, they got some adult books, they got some greeting cards, you know, they got they got a nice business model. But the but 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 it's got it's got a little bit of everything. Uh what we what we saw was that nobody was committed specifically to black children. children right. Right. Mm-hmm. So so what we saw was that it's important that we that we create that because and 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 I I just tell you philosophy really is that we want to do something great for our children. You know the word says uh, a, a a righteous man leaves an inheritance for his children. A righteous man or woman, right? And in order to do that, you know we just believe that our children need a network in order to actually get things done once they actually reach those ages that would get them that would get them there. So. So, so when we established that, this is what we had in mind. We wanted to, we wanted it to be a place, and, and just so you know, the Listening Tree is a children's bookstore committed to black authorship and the love of literacy and okay. learning, mm-hmm. perpetuating the love of literacy and learning in, our, in community. our community with no apologies. Right. So, so, so we're not, we're not, we're not looking to, to, to service everybody. What we're looking to do is to present something to our community that is powerful, that is quality. Uh, we review all the books on the shelf, and we're going to get into that. But, but the point is is that we, we need something for our own and the opportunities there, right? And you, right. you know, it, it's, it's, it, the market is wide open, and we just believe, we just believe that, we, that, that, that we, were given this, we were given this call, and we took it on. Right. And so how we... Uh, establish our flagship store is uh, my family. I'm from originally from Georgia, Decatur, Georgia, and um, my family owns a, well, my brother, he owns a beauty salon. And on one side of the salon was a nail, a nail shop, and that was done and gone a long time ago, so it was just an abandoned space. And so he talked with myself and uh, Omar, and he said, hey, you know, we have this side of this building. If you all want to do something with it, you know, go ahead and have at it. And it it was uh, abandoned for a while, and so that conversation Omar and I had, you know, we came up with the listening tree, and so it took about uh, a year to do everything. Omar did everything by hand. He put the floors in, put up the shelves, put, you know, there were holes in the walls, so he did a complete renovation. And so we created the listening tree uh, in order for, he mentioned black authorship, and so there are so many black mm-hmm. authors. Amazing books. Amazing, and they're self-published, but yeah. they can't get in the big box stores. Yeah. They've been turned down by Barnes & Noble. They've been turned down by Books a Million. Yeah. And so they really don't have any other outlet uh, to market their uh, their children's books 
other than online. And so we and see these authors that she's talking about. I mean, they really they're really amazing. Amazing. We we spend what we do is we do a hundred percent review on every book that we put on the shelf, and and what it is is we're reviewing first off for the quality, mm-hmm. um, second off for the message. Mm-hmm. And what we don't want to do is we don't want to perpetuate different things that have hurt us in the past. Okay, so 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 we're interested in building in 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 uh, I would say just just recommending good books to the community. Right. And so we market books for children ages zero to eighteen. Yeah. And uh, like I said, or like we mentioned, they are self-published uh, black authors, and we have. There are, I won't just say African-American because we have authors that are located in the U.K. We have authors that are located in Africa um, whose books are being marketed in our stores. They're not marketed anywhere else uh, in the United States, and we're exclusive to some of these, these authors. And so, you know, uh, back in 2014, Omar and I had this conversation. We uh, took a risk and took some money out of our uh, 401K. Yeah. And, you know, we ran with it. And November 2015, we opened the listening tree to the public. Uh, we, we also have an online presence, uh, www.listeningtreebooks.com, but we also have our flagship that's located in Decatur, Georgia. And so we started off with, I want to say, maybe 15 books. And yeah, well, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what it is. So, so, let's, let, so, so, so just so you know, are you, are you guys there? Are you still with us here? Yeah, we're, yeah, we're still here. here. <laughs> okay. So 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 to give you the rundown of the business, to give me a rundown of the business, when we opened up, we opened up with twenty seven books, twenty seven titles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we started off what we did was we had we had events to get things started. But but I, I guess I want to circle back just so you guys know when we stepped out when we stepped out to get this thing started, uh, we we haven't looked back. You follow me? It's 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 uh, uh our you know what what we're doing right now, and we we've seen strides and we we've seen success really come. I would say I would say quicker than we than we expected on many levels. Uh, but what we're but what we're doing is we've got a bit. We started off with 27 books, so we've got inventory in the store. We're we're now at 75 titles, um, great titles that, that people can buy. Uh, we have a we have a B boys and B girls book club, and that book club provides people with provides provides our customers uh, or our club members with a book, a newsletter, and a and a gift quarterly, and so and so that's the that's the basic package, and so what we what we now also have is a premium package, where you get where you get in a uh, a, a box. A uh, book, newsletter, and also a gift that comes quarterly. So, so we've got the B Boys and B Girls Book Club. We've got the uh, the inventory in the store that is sold online and also in the store. Um, we're 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 doing book fairs with uh, uh, elementary schools, and 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 also what we're doing now is uh, we have a program called the Young Entrepreneurs Program. Which really came about again in another conversation that we were having. I don't know if we were in the car or whatever, but it's just something that we wanted to do. We knew we wanted to teach our children how to be entrepreneurs, but of course, we always think, you know, how are we going to teach our children if we don't teach the rest of our community? You follow what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, 
so 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 our 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 main mentality is that you know you can we can teach our own, but we really got to teach we got to teach our whole community so that we can have something that goes forward. Right. And so um, so we established the Young Entrepreneurs Program, and the Young Entrepreneurs Program is really really uh, uh, flowing within the uh, within the city of Atlanta. We work we work with the city of Atlanta to get that going. Right, and you know. Everything did not start. I mean, we're just seeing we're seeing momentum, but we this is definitely a leap of faith. What we've done, you know, um, Omar is like he said, his background is engineering, but with faith, with prayer, and with me trusting in his effort, he's doing the uh, he's operating. He's the chief operating officer of the Listening Tree full time, you know. This is a vision that was given to us, and, um, you know, it's something that we are very passionate about, and this is something that we feel is needed in our community. And so while his background is engineering, this is something that he's doing full-time, and I'm in complete agreement with him. And it, didn't, it wasn't easy at first. It, believe me, it was not easy at first. That engineering money was good, <laughs> really, really, really good. <laughs> but, you know, this is a bigger picture, and this is a legacy, not necessarily for our family, but this is a legacy for children in our community, and we're passionate about that. And so just so you know, what, what we're passing on to the community is what I've learned in my 13 years of engineering. Right. Right. So, so a lot of times what, what I realize personally is that, you know, I can take everything I've learned over over my over my years of work and keep making money for me, or I can use that information. I can use that knowledge to go ahead and give it to our children at a young age, so that they can have that exposure and give them an advantage. Whether they choose if they choose engineering, if they choose marketing, if they choose uh, 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 entrepreneurship, whatever they choose to be a part of, they've now been exposed to. Um, financial literacy, um, um, team building, and and and, and like uh, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, product development. Mm -hmm. uh, and and what we do is so so all of these things that that I've been able to that I've been exposed to. I've always seen I've always seen the bottom line of different companies, billion dollar companies, and what it actually took to keep that company running. Because mm -hmm. as an engineer. I was doing the costs for the company's products. You following what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so, so these, so, 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 what we're passing on is a comprehensive program. It's not a, it's not to encourage the children and then let them go, but it's a program that we want to, we want to walk lockstep with the children, mm -hmm. build a long relationship, and have and have a real community of of entrepreneurs, innovators, um, uh, you know. Uh, scientists, um, you know, all the STEM things that people got going on, um, science and technology, but also also uh, film, media, the whole nine. Everything that we need for our culture to be uh, uh, identified, we want to drive that and, and because we feel like it's really, really an issue that over the years, we've always had to wait for someone else to to show us what happened in our history. Mm -hmm. It's very that's a that's a that's a serious issue because we because if you look at what we what we've dealt with over time, what we've been dealing with as a people as a, as black people is that 
we're always at bay and we're always wondering why we're not we're not getting where we want to be. And 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 we just believe it's because we're not we believe because we're not the drivers. Mm-hmm. And so we've got to take we gotta take hold of uh, of our future, of our destiny now, right? So that we actually set the road for our own children. Because because in order to leave something for them, we gotta pave a way. Absolutely. And so the listening tree is a lot of hard work. Um, I, I have my career, and my husband's running um, the, the store. He's running the Young Entrepreneurs Program. We have our B-Boys and B-Girls Book Club with parents. You know, this is, for your listeners, entrepreneurship is not easy. Entrepreneurship takes work. And one of the, I guess, um, things that we present on the forefront of our business is quality. You know, a lot of times uh, black people don't patronize other black businesses because of quality, and everything about the Listening Tree, Young Entrepreneurs Program, and the B-Boys and B-Girls Book Club from beginning to end, it's quality. And so that's something that um, as an entrepreneur, as an African-American entrepreneur, is something that we have to always consider is don't think of yourself as a small business, although we may start although we may start off small, you have to consider quality at a small level so you can continue that way on a larger scale. Yeah. And so um, it's not easy, but it's so worth it. Just what our children are children are uh, seeing us do, um, they're witnessing their parents do something from scratch that they're going to reap the benefit later, but they're also seeing, uh, something I guess I would say uh, double. They're seeing it be a, a benefit to the community as well as their personal lives, and that's how we know we, we were called to do to uh, create this business is because it affects us personally, but it also affects our community. And you know, you know something I really wanna I really wanna put out there because a lot of people say that you know generally you know you get you you start a black business and then black people don't don't shop with you. Right. I want to tell you that that's a myth, right? I want I want to tell you that that I, I, I honestly I honestly believe that if we find the things that our people need and we actually feel that need with quality with quality and that we deliver a, a serious customer service to our own community that they will always shop with us. Uh, I'm so thankful for. Um, for the people who have shopped with us and the people who are planning to. And I just, I just feel like there are several reasons why we've had certain challenges within our community, and we've just got to do what the Word says when it talks about love, right? And we've got to turn that love inside, right, so that we love one another into a place of true heaven here on earth. And see, and see this, is, this, is what, this is what we're dealing with out here right now is that if we put love, I believe if we put the love on it, if we keep the love on it, and then then that's what then that's what will continue to help us flourish. And you know, I, you know, somebody might say, somebody might say that you know the grass is greener on the other side, but the issue the issue most times is that we're not we not we're not manicuring our grass on the side that we're on. Right. And so and so instead of spending our time, you know, in in an endless argument. Uh, with others, I just really, really believe that we need to take our time, do some self-introspection, do some self-analysis, and really, really get better at the things that we need. Agreed. Agreed. And so that is 
the story of the listening tree. It started off as a need that we saw um, in our child in the school that he was attending, and we fulfilled that need by way of our uh, self-publishing a book. But then we saw that it could expand and grow, and we could make a contribution to other black authors and other children within our community. And we began the listening tree. And Absolutely. You know, we're excited for the future um, because the future is bright. And if you're in Atlanta this Saturday, <laughs> come on out. Come on out and hang with us. We got, we got watching Yanu coming in. She's got a set of cards. She's got a set of cards that are uh, uh, flashcards that are about the African diaspora. And those, those of us that have been spread across the earth from, from, that, from that peculiar, peculiar uh, institution. Uh, and so... Uh, but but it, it helps us understand. You got it. Help, it basically flashcards that show a flag on one side, and then the black population in that country on the other, along with along with fun facts. You know the president uh, and the and the and the, um, the accepted language in that country. Right. So it, it gives it gives a black perspective on the world, right. right? So that we we begin to look at the world through our own eyes, not through someone else's. And so and so she's coming in, and and I, I, I if, if you guys are there, if you're not there, catch us on Facebook. We're gonna be Facebook Live. We're gonna try to do YouTube Live, or Instagram Live. Instagram Live. <laughs> uh, we're working with several people. Uh, we're spending we're spending our time doing business with our own. And I gotta tell you, it has been a 100 uh, percent uh, joy right. uh, to do business with our own, and they do good business. They they have they they're good suppliers, good offers. Um, I, I I can't tell you. All I can tell you is that I've had this has been probably the best year of my life <laughs> because I, I've dealt I've dealt with my own all year, and I'll be totally honest. They've been they've been the absolute best people to work with. Yeah, they're awesome. I mean, I cannot describe the amount of just. Respect I have for the self-publisher, the black self-publisher, because they're putting their money into it. Yes, and and the and the and the most the most important thing that I guess I was so excited about is because we put our money up, we saw the Lord move, mm -hmm. and we walked, we walked, we, we we did that faith walk, and we and we're seeing the results. Right, and and so and so what what we what we believed in before. We're starting to have a knowing about, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. And so, and so that's what that's what we're seeing right now. Complete faith walk. And that's it's a complete faith walk. And, and that's the listening tree. And, and and the thing is, we we really, really, we really, really have a love a love for ours that that that, that I think will that I think will make the difference. Well, one thing that I definitely want to uh, say is what I've learned in this whole this whole process is that people. Look at what you do, yeah. not look at what you say. We have, or I have, learned that in, in doing, I've become a much stronger person. I believe more in myself mm. because it's not theory. Mm. It's practice. Mm. And this mm. is something that... Um, well, that's a good word right oh. there. <laughs> this is something that, like I said, I keep reiterating, we're passionate about, and we just... Put love on it, and that's the listening tree. Amen. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm excited because 
I, like I said, I only got like a little slither of the listening tree, um, the story. So I'm just excited to hear the story and to hear the passion and how everything started. And I'm going to start out with a completely selfish question. <laughs> and then we'll get even deeper into the questions. But my selfish question is, for those of us that are not in Atlanta but want to, our kids to be a part of the B-Boys or the B-Girls Club, how yeah. do we do that? Uh, you want to just log online, log on to listeningtreebooks.com, click on B-Boys and B-Girls Club, click on your, uh, the age, age of your range. child, mm-hmm. um, and go ahead and register them either for our, either for our um, um, monthly, book club. monthly book club or, or a premium package. But, but just get them registered, say the age, uh, birthday, and you just put it in a real easy process. Uh, it's just a couple clicks. Enter your information, and then you'll start receiving books on a monthly basis. And it's a subscription that, that runs that same that same day. Right. Awesome. So that was my selfish question because I am a mom. <laughs> and I'm yeah, like, absolutely. And, and the thing is, we've got we've got several we've got several people uh, uh, throughout throughout the U.S. It's not yeah. here in Georgia yeah. that we ship to um, every every month, and and that they're, they're very happy with the program and. To be honest with you, we're looking we're looking for ways to add value. Right. Uh, awesome. yeah. That's so great. Okay, well now we want to dig into even more questions about your story. I'm gonna ask um Steve, do you have any questions you want to start with first? I have a ton on my list. I have a bunch of <laughs> tunes. I don't know how we're gonna get through all of this. We, but we not, we're not. They're gonna to have to come back. Okay. <laughs> I will start with some like some light ones and then see how far we can work through here. Okay. Um mm-hmm. first where did the name Listening Tree come from? <laughs> it came from me. <laughs> so happy you asked that. <laughs> so no, it came from me. <laughs> so, so so let's so let's let's straighten this out. Okay. Uh, we were no no no. Let's straighten this out. No no. We were sitting on our sofa uh, in our living room. Right. And come we just we I were thinking about, you know, what is this place going to be? What do you have to do in order to be a great reader? And yada yada yada. You have uh-huh. to listen. Oh my God, Omar! Let's call the let's call it the listening tree. Do you agree? To a degree, that oh, happened. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, it, it it did happen like that. We 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 had an idea initially, right? If you know his, there's a piece of history that says. Uh, it, it talks about George Washington chopping down a cherry tree. Yeah. Are you all familiar with that history? Okay. Um, yep. and, and so we were going to call it the cherry tree. That is true. I forgot okay. that. And so, and so the, the idea was to plant something, right, that, that, that was historically something that we did on our own, right, and something that wasn't beat down because if you, if you do the research on that, the, the cherry tree that he cut down, he was talking about, he was talking about our culture to a degree. Oh. Oh, and so I'm just being honest. That's that's what we that's what we, that's what we thought, and and we, but when we rethought it, we said, you know what, um, you know we're bigger than that. Uh, and then we sat down and talked about it, and then Kim was like, man, well yeah, let's call it the listening tree. And so from there, that's where it all came from. Yep. Hmm. That is interesting. It's very interesting. It's awesome. Um. Can I tell a second one? Oh, <laughs> I get mean, a second question. Okay. I'm being horribly selfish. Okay. 
Um, just because it's kind of like an earlier thing, so this is like the beginning of the interview. Um, you were talking about digging into the words together. Mm. So the process, like that, you guys took, like, so especially when you're newlywed, there's a lot of coming together, doing things differently, establishing new norms together. How did that process of like getting into the word together look like, and how did it give shape to some of um, the businesses and things that you guys have as a joint vision? I'll take the honor of answering this one because I think for the most part, and please, female listeners, don't you know give me the side eye. Um, I think for the most part that um, a lot of women can make it hard. Or um, I was one of those women, and what I had to learn it was trial and error, and I wish I could have listened um, a lot earlier. But what I had to do was completely trust my husband. And once I was able to trust him and know that he wants the best for my fam- our family, excuse me, then I was able to trust him in his spiritual, um, in what his spiritual path would be for our family. And so um, that's what it was for me was I had to completely trust him. And once I did that, I was able to. Uh, take his lead, or follow his lead. Excuse me, spiritually. And so, and so, from my side, I would say that you know, for the men out there, uh, it's it's like what the word says when it says that uh, um, you should love your wife as uh, as Jesus loved the church. Uh, you get, you got to realize that your responsibility to your family is greater than any challenge that you have in day to day in your life, and so. Uh, like you said, we were newlyweds, but I guess I guess when you know before we got together, I was a different human being. So was I, right? So I'll be completely honest. I was not I was not the marrying type. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so 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 what happened for me was that you know I had an eye opening experience that you know I had met my queen, I met my good thing. For following me, so yeah. so 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 for me. I I had changed, and one thing I'll never forget is that she's the reason I changed. It wasn't, and I, and I don't know if that sound right, I don't know if that worked right, whatever. But that's it. I didn't change until I met her. It makes sense. So, so for me, so for me, no matter how no matter how stressful it got, I knew I didn't want to return to being that same person that wasn't the marrying type. You follow me? <laughs> so, 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 so. What I did was I, I deliberately. I read. I, I don't know how many books I've read now, uh, but I probably read before before we got together. I started reading like profusely, and uh, you know I probably read a book a week. I was reading the Bible, and I was just trying to apply apply the word practically to life. In, in every aspect of it, in every aspect of way, because I was searching for that prosperity that was being preached on every Sunday. And once my husband, when we got got married, once he clearly defined the mission for our family, I was able to to follow that lead. You know, um, I was I'm a part of a family that has the stereotypical strong black women, so to speak. And so when I got married. Um, one of the hardest things for me to one of the hardest things uh, for me to do was uh, to get a joint bank account. Oh my God, that was so hard. 
Um, <laughs> I'm so serious. I know it sounds trivial, but it was just hard. I wanted my own money, and I, you know, I didn't want him to know what I did with my money, and yada yada yada. And so, you know, once I was able to say to myself, okay, once he was able to clearly define that mission that he wanted for our family. I was able to say, stop being selfish, Kim. Stop being stubborn. And let's see what where this man can take you. And so um, from a newlywed perspective, it's just being able to, to trust, to stop being stubborn, and to under, honestly follow the mission that the head of my household set out for our family. Yeah. That's good. Oh, this is so awesome. We have so many questions, but I know that we can't possibly get to all of them. <laughs> um, you guys have so so many nooks of things, where, whether it be business, uh, marriage, family. It was all intertwined um, in your story. So my question that I have is about balance. You guys oh are God. like, wow. I was listening to, like, Kim's working full-time full <laughs> or she's working talent management, and then you guys have three kids and, you know, uh, uh, and a full, Omar has a full-time listening tree and there's so much going on. And I, I wonder how um, you all balance it all. What is, what is the method for that, or is there a method? Yeah, there's it no is, method. It's, it's no method. I mean, <laughs> just a couple days ago, I mean, just a couple days ago I had a breakdown. You know, and then when I say breakdown, I mean, you know, I was sitting at the in my office at work at my desk, and I just started crying because when, when you do all this stuff, you, you start to question if, well, I started to question, am I being a good mother? Am I being a good wife? Am I spending too much time at work? Am I not spending too much time with our business? It was just a lot, and balance is, is something that is, is it's a learned behavior, and I, it's, Man, that's a very good question. Yeah, I, I, I would say, I would say, um, I would say it's more prioritization. Right, you have uh, to be organized. Uh, because you know, it's it's like um, you know, the biggest to me, the biggest thing is just trying to keep the house clean, right? <laughs> you know, and 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 at the same time, you know, and at the same time, you know, get get things done because that that can really get in the way, you know. Yeah. Um. And so it's it's just like uh, so the children so the children have a certain schedule. Uh, we get a lot of help from our um, from our from our, our, our parents. Yeah. Um, so 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 Monday through Wednesday, I'm usually in a meeting somewhere setting up something uh, for the upcoming month or the upcoming month that that's out, right? So I'm, I try to plan at least six months in advance. And and what uh, what uh. So when I'm doing that, they're in school. Uh, I go pick up the children, and um, I go pick up the children when they get out. And then, and then I, I do homework. The <laughs> I bring them back to the bookstore. I do homework. Uh, we finish that. I actually work with them. They work with me. I teach them how to do inventory and different things. Actually, in the store, mm-hmm. uh, I show them just about everything that's there um, in the background and really how the store operates. Mostly, if so, if something is something has got to be done that I think they can do, I give them that responsibility so they can start they they can start to get that attitude about life that you that what you're doing is more so responsible uh, actions things like that. But so I do that throughout the day, uh, you know, get their homework, and we leave the store, come home. Kim get gets home. Kim get off work. Cook dinner. Cook dinner. <laughs> we sit down. We eat. 
We and talk I a little bit. We find out. We find out how the homework went. <laughs> find out what's going on. And then she usually tired, so I walk them on upstairs. <laughs> I walk them on upstairs. Oh, yep. And so, and so basically, I'm just trying to get my understanding of a day that where, you know, what I'm saying it's just more so we just try to work together to to make sure to make sure that you know it, it runs efficiently. I guess so we we both we both I would say are type A people. Right. You know what I mean. So. So so that that's good sometimes it's very bad sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You know? So when you know prayer works a lot for me. Um you know I just prayer works a lot. And yeah. so when I feel like I'm going down a path that feels um, I'm not going to say dark but feels uh yeah kind of dark <laughs> I definitely <laughs> go and I pray and yeah. that's my shining light. Yeah. So yeah. It's a day by day balancing act. How about of course, that? for me, if I got something on the calendar, I'm good to go. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> if I ain't got if I ain't got nothing on the calendar, then I ain't feeling too well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I, I'm glad you guys said that, and I'm I'm glad you guys were transparent because I think a lot of people that are are contemplating entrepreneurship or are in the trenches, they're thinking, oh my gosh. You know, am I the only one that gets overwhelmed? Am I the only one that can't seem to to feel like I'm I'm balanced? Or am I the only one? So I think it's great um, that listeners and even myself um, have the opportunity to hear. No, you're not the only one. And no, that's, yeah. that is, no, not at all. So this is so awesome. Can I add that thought? Yeah. Just the idea that you know, even in that imperfection, hey, there might be somebody that's a listener or part of the community at large that'll say, hey, you know what? Let me add that to you because maybe I have that. And you have the relationship I need, you know. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing. You get to share. Absolutely. Well, my next question is kind of a question um, that I I was thinking of, but I also saw it on my husband's um, question sheet, and I thought it was a good one. Um, (laughs) But it's also also a little bit, uh, it's a sticky question. So um, please forgive any stickiness. (laughs) Please. Yeah. I'm just excited about this question and you all's response. So, in the Christian community, we know that um, we know that there are many different cultures within the Christian community, right? And there's there's Asian, there's white, there's black, whatever. However many, you know, there's tons of believers all across the globe. And yeah, really. the question was, um, there's so many individuals just like yourselves that have a particular passion towards a, a particular group or a sect of people. And our question is, how do you deal with um, any confrontation on, like, how can you just focus on one group? Why not everybody? How do you deal with it? <laughs> well, you, you want me to start? I don't know. You know, yeah, I, I, I want to go all the way in on this. Okay. So, I mean, that's a, that's a very good question. And I'm going to go back to what uh, my husband said earlier and it's we have a love for our community, and we honestly do not um, – we have not encountered that at all. Yeah. Uh, were, you, were you still talking? But we have not encountered that at all. Um, we come from a place of um, education, and what I mean by that is we see and there is a perpetual need to make sure that the self-image of our children is up to par. 
And what we saw in creating the listening tree is we're just filling a need, filling a gap. The CEO of Uber saw a gap, and he created, you know, Uber. We, uh, the CEOs of the listening tree, we saw a need. We see a gap, and we're just fulfilling that gap, and we're doing so in love. And so that is something that um, we haven't encountered, and we, we just put love on it. All right. So because it's important, it's important here that we understand a few things, I think. Um, I think we're dealing. I think we're dealing with a lot of things. But for people to ever ask us to apologize for loving ourselves, I think is hate. Okay, I think I think what we've dealt with as black people in the world has been disenfranchisement, and then people telling us that we shouldn't love ourselves anymore, but that we should just try to love everybody except ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and that and that that is hate. Okay, and they, and they, and if they call themselves believers, and they don't and they don't like black people loving black people, they're going. They, they, that, that's a problem because I, you know, when I look around, I see Asian businesses, uh, I see I see European, I see Caucasian businesses, I see I see I see uh, 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 Jewish, I see I see uh, all races, but one thing I don't see is a is a strong network in the black community of business and commerce. Right. The main thing the main thing that, that creates that, that that kind of life that people want, right? So that, that self sufficiency, that economic right. power. Right. So so for people for people to have that issue, you know, I really think I really think that they got some hate in their heart. And I and I and I don't I don't mean it in a bad way, but I mean it in a I mean it in a very specific way. Because with what we've been dealing with all our lives, with with the with with the with the what I what we call the ma'afa, what we call the, the the crap that has happened to to black people in this world, no one has been through it except for black people, and it's important that we make it that we make it real for our own people, for our children, and that we use that. As fuel to make it better for us, like it, like and in like, making it better for us, we make it better for all. Now, now I'm gonna say this because you know you talk about you talk about transference, transference on something. You talk about transference. This is the thing. In order, in order for something, in order for something to become powerful for you, you got to take that pain and transfer it into something positive. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's what I think we're doing is we're using that we're using all of the issues that come at the black community and saying, hey, look. This is what's coming for us. Let's use this. Let's come together around these issues, right. and let's have some books. Let's have some media. Let's have some programs. Mm-hmm. Let's do some things for us that we really need that everybody else is trying to say we can't do. Right. We're we're dispelling myths. You right. Know, they say black people don't read. Well, we're we've opened a bookstore and it's been successful today. They say uh, well, black people don't invest in their own community. Where our bookstore is in the heart of the black community yeah. here in Decatur, Georgia. So what we're doing is dispelling the myths. And like uh, Omar just mentioned, we're coming from a place of pain and that's transcending into a place of love, and in doing so, it will make it better for our world. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I know that Steve has another question. I know we probably can do one more, but I just want to just, one, I just want to commend you all for the amazing work that you all are doing and just accepting the call that just to step out there in faith, and I just... Uh, 
ditto what you said, Kim, in that what you all are doing is going to impact the world. And um, right. I know that a lot of times there's, there's individuals that I've spoken to that may have, that have businesses that are specifically catered to a particular um, group of people. And I think your story just proves that, hey, that's necessary and it's okay. And right, I think absolutely. That, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, should I do this or should I open it up to and, – and not to say that anybody can't shop at your store, but the thing right. is stay true to what it is that God called you to do and know and that – And ironically, and ironically, yeah. you just mentioned that yeah. we have had – all races of people coming to our store right. and patronize us. Yeah, and see, and see, and see. Right now, we have several different teachers, people, right. several different people who are, who are going to school. They're all races, but it's, it's women most mostly, and they're all races: white, uh, uh, Hispanic, Asian, Hispanic, yeah. the whole nine. But they're coming to buy. They're coming to buy books for for their classrooms. They have to be, and they know that they're going to be teaching in urban areas. Right. So, so here we are supplying them. With the with, with the proper product because they can't find it anywhere else. Exactly, they're looking for it, right. so we make it easy for them. Mm-hmm. Wow. So yeah, I, I just think that's just so powerful, and I think that it speaks to um, so many people. And a lot of times, um, I think we can get into um, a save the world mentality and miss our our niche. You know, our purpose okay. uh, because yeah. we're so broad, and it's like, okay, what does where mm-hmm. is the the need, like you guys were saying, where is the need that God wants me to fill? Where is the need that God wants me to fill? That. Unashamed. That's awesome. I'm excited. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had just one last question before we close out. Okay. I have tons of questions, but I know we have to close out. <laughs> I think this one will be fitting for how we talked about, you know, and I don't know if this is practical for everybody, but this is where my practicality is burst up from, so I'm going to see how this um, takes here. So okay. you talked earlier about, you know, not being idle or passive and, you know, kind of getting the driver's seat about some of the things that are inside of us. Yeah. And I know that some people will kind of overplay that and think that, you know, I'm taking over my own destiny and there's no God, no ruler, there's no nothing else. But <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, there are people who live that way and there's people who will hear that that way. And so I yes. kind of heard it differently, so I just wanted to give you a chance to open this up. But what um, are the foundational scriptures you stand on or that have inspired you to say, you know what, I need to get up and do something about what's going on inside me. I need to get in front of God. What are the, the foundational scriptures for that mentality, the mindset, and that drive kind of you got, your, your ministry even through business? Yeah. It's several scriptures, <laughs> but, but several. I, w- I would say... Uh, the first would be that God gives us the power to get wealth, right? That money, money is an answer to all things, right, over Ecclesiastes. Uh, uh, another scripture, there's several scriptures, but the, but the main being that, that you know, that, that he, he says, I offer to you life and death, right? Choose life, right? So, in, in, in choosing life, that means that he's given us every single thing we need to get what we to get what we say we want, and we spend a lot of time laboring. I believe, uh, or we believe, right, uh, laboring back and forth about things that we could be executing. Uh, so, 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 like you said, in practicality, um, 
I just, I just believe that God gave us the faculties to do what we need to do, that, that the idea of governance comes directly out of the human body, right? That, that these things, that all that we are is in him, right? And so, and so if, 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 if that's really the case, the problem, the problem for me is that I sat down, read the Bible, and I believed it. You follow me? So, so, so the thing is, the whole, the whole thing is, is that either we gonna, either we gonna get on, either we gonna get on board and run with it, or we gonna keep on teeter tottering and saying, okay, this won't work, that won't work. Well, 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 he said, he said, he said, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I'm trying to figure out what thing I can't do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm <laughs> so, that, so that's the whole thing to it. Right, and to piggyback off of what uh, Omar just said is what I've learned throughout this process is to develop patience. And I would have to go to uh, definitely James 1, 3, and 4 because the trying of our faith work with patience. But patience will have some perfect work in us so that we may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. Come on. And so. Oh, man, you know what? <laughs> hey. <laughs> and so all of that combined is allowing us to become everything that we need to be in God. And so that's what it is. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. That's right. And so it's it's, it's several scriptures, but all of this intertwined allows us to know that this is our path, this is our walk, and this is what we're supposed to do. Yeah. I got got to throw this one in there. (laughs) Um, It's over in... um, that, this one here is in uh, Second Peter, Second Peter one through ten. Y'all following me? <laughs> that, that 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 Second Peter one through ten. He says he's gonna add. You need to add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, mm-hmm. and to knowledge temperance, mm-hmm. and to temperance patience, mm-hmm. and to patience kindness, mm-hmm. and to kindness godly charity. Right. right? So so, whole word so, so, for, so 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 to me the most interesting part of all of that was that the last part the charity or yeah. the love that was the last thing yeah. right we it's like only thing I can say is that that was and and and, and it goes on to say after you do these particular steps mm-hmm. that if you that you will never be you will never you you will always be uh, uh, educated into into the knowledge of Christ. And at, and, and, and at the same time, you will never stumble or fall. Right. So, so I, I thought that that was really, really powerful when I read that. And so I meditate that scripture. It's probably my favorite place in the Word because it's a step-by-step process for how you ought to live and how you ought to go after what you, what you plan to do. And, and the fact that it said you will never stumble or fall if you do these things, mm-hmm. I said, shoot, man, let's go ahead and go for it. <laughs> Very I, I, I'm, I almost want to stop you because I'm like I'm actually working on something coming straight out of that passage. And I'm like, oh man! <laughs> <laughs> I love see, you see how that works out? <laughs> oh man. man! Look, so we're gonna be talking for real. But I knew yeah. I don't yeah. want to overdo it, and I want to make sure that we're um, respectful to our listeners. So we would like you guys to kind of pray for people who do have these gifts and things inside of them also. They have an entrepreneur, maybe mind, maybe for whatever reason is trapped up or bound up or maybe just scared to jump out the door. They're just contemplating, hey, after I heard this, I want to. Just kind of pray mm-hmm. for the people as the Holy Spirit leads you. Yeah, all right. 
All right, well, I'll start you. Let me end it. Yeah, okay. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you right now thanking you for such a wonderful conversation. And we just thank you for putting it on their their listeners' hearts to be able to take that first step to step out on faith. It's not easy. It's hard, but it's worth it. And we know that with you, with your guidance, with your direction, all things are possible. And we can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens us. And we just thank you. We thank you for allowing all of us to have that faith, to live in that faith, to be that faith, so that we all may be able to live out what you've put on inside of us, put inside of us. So, Father, we just thank you now. We thank you for your presence. We thank you that you say where two or three come together in your name, there you are also. We want to thank you. We want to pray now for other entrepreneurs that would that would answer the call, mm-hmm. right? That would that would that would make it that would make it possible to do things. And that we want to pray, Father, that you would give them the right heart. That the heart that they that they do their entrepreneurship out of is for the people. That it would be out of the that it would be out of the gospel, right? That that gospel would be to free people and not to enslave them. And so we just want to thank you for it. We want to thank you that your word is true. We want to thank you that each and every entrepreneur listening to this podcast will step out on faith and go ahead and walk. And so it's in the name of Yeshua we pray and thank you. Amen. 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 That interview was so awesome. I had to listen to it again and again because just to hear their testimony and their story just shows how faithful God is. When he gives you a vision, he is faithful to see it through. If you listen to this podcast and you were thinking to yourself, man, I want to know the Jesus that they know. I want to know who they were talking about. I want a real relationship with Jesus Christ. You can start that relationship right now today by praying this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the son of the living God that you came down from heaven to earth, died on a cross, rose from the dead to save me. So Jesus, come into my life, forgive me of my sins, and save me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Welcome to the kingdom. Please visit us at www.thefaithmovement.com for additional resources. And also, I want to encourage you to make sure that you check out the listening tree um, and see see what kind of titles they have. Check out some of those books. They're amazing. So again, that's www.thelisteningtree.com. Again, that's www.thelisteningtree.com. And we are excited to see you again this month uh, for another episode of the Faith Walk Podcast. And remember to always walk by.